Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran percussionist and educator Brandon Draper on the 2024 CD Aim All Around and other projects. The Draper family band is comprised of Hammond B3 and keyboardist Paul Draper, who is an inductee of the Kansas Music Hall of Fame. In 2006, after moving from New Mexico to Kansas City, Brandon resumed jamming with his dad. Now, after nearly four decades, they are embarking on what is arguably the most significant project of their careers, collaborating together. Aim All Around serves as the first single from their debut album, and many other projects are coming down the pipe in this 2024 year. We cover Surviving a Pandemic, this new album, other projects on his label, and so much more. Dig this interview. Brandon, it's great to catch up with you. Thank you for taking a minute out to talk with Neon Jazz today. You bet. Thank you. You bet. So it's been, I think, man, I think we caught up back in 2016 when the world was a completely different place. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, I mean, everything moves fast, but... The pandemic kind of, you know, shook the snow globe pretty profoundly. So I, I want to begin with that before we get into this album. And sure. how did you survive that three and a half years or so? How did you get through it? And how did it change you? And how was this album kind of motivated or um, affected by that time period? You bet. Yeah, that's a an incredible question. I want to hear everybody else's answers, too, as well. Um <laughs> So what I did was I was uh I'm a Zelgen artist, Zelgen symbols, and I was at the Zelgen factory uh right outside of Boston in Quincy, Massachusetts on March 13, uh 2020, and I had just done a guest lecture on music business at Western Connecticut University the day before on Thursday March 12th, and the campus closed right after my lecture was over. They closed because there was something going on. Uh, they they labeled COVID-19. Next day, I go to the Zelgen factory. I'm picking cymbals. Um, I'm in their cymbal vault, and they said, hey, Brandon, um, no rush, but just so you know, we are closing the shop, and you're the last artist uh, to be here. So just let us know when you're done. So I picked the symbols I wanted, had them box them up to ship them, drove back to my hotel by the airport and there was no traffic at all. And that made me really uncomfortable because if you've ever been in Boston, that's weird. That's really, really, really weird. Um, the next day I flew home and the country basically shut down. Um, My background kind of, I I guess, looking back on it, my background gave me an opportunity to kind of embrace the moment. I had been in some different groups and toured and traveled and slowed my life down in 2015. So five years prior, I quit touring and built up the music business program at KU so I could sleep in my own bed every night and be... uh, in the life of my my children uh, every day. So I was already in this kind of slow slow down from from traveling and touring and and all of that. So when we were told to stay home, uh my family got real excited and we uh just em- embraced being here. Now totally just out of the the blue or or uh, fate, I guess you could say uh the the 
fall of 2019, my dad and I uh, built a studio in my house. Uh, one of the rooms was a sunroom that was always planned to, to be a recording studio rehearsal space, but I had never had time to do it. The fall and winter of 2019, we converted the sunroom into a studio. So when we turned, when we hit the pandemic, I had a full functioning audio video production suite with all my instruments. So teaching courses online was no problem. I had everything, the cameras, the audio equipment, everything. Um, I worked for a couple of churches and ended up recording all of the instruments for all of the contemporary worship songs and editing all of the videos for a variety of, of services each week. So I, I basically had a 60 to 70 hour a week job. Um, so how I made it through the, the pandemic uh, that first year in 2020, the studio has a door that walk, that opens to the backyard right next to my smoker, and we live here in Kansas City. And uh, I would I would get the smoker going, to cook ribs while I was finishing editing something or, you know, exporting a file. And I literally had this thought of like, wow, this is what retirement feels like. Like this is, <laughs> I'm, I get to be home with my kids. And um, so n the interesting thing about that was I, I really did just a hundred, you know, a 180 degree pivot. And I didn't look back. I didn't, I didn't allow myself to freak out that I wasn't touring and uh, I, I have a kids program called Drum Safari that the summer of 2020, there were 200 dates throughout, you know, eight, nine states in the, the central part of the United States that just quit. It just shut down. Um, so what we did for that was we created full shows by recording videos and editing things together here at home. We delivered those to the libraries and community centers and theaters that we were going to perform at. They paid us a small honorarium for doing that, but it kept it, basically kept it alive. So went through that whole year and then just now slowly coming back um, to get to the, you know, what, is, what did it teach me and how does it relate to the release? Um, I have I, I grew up with recording studio things you know I had a there were studio components in my house my entire life but it wasn't until 2020 that I jumped right back into producing at home so I was able to go back and revisit quite a few albums that I never had the energy to release and as an artist I put everything into recording and writing but then once the product's done, it, it takes, it, you really need quite a, even maybe more energy to promote and release so people actually uh, can be reached and, and be part of the, the journey of, of this, this new music. So I was able to slow down and, and kind of just think about those, like today, I don't have a gig this evening, but instead of feeling a bit anxious that I don't have a live performance, I have more work than I will get done today for the record label. <laughs> so it's just a big shift of energy. And 
for a lot of folks, you know, a lot of my mentors and, you know, elder uh, folks that I, I look up to, it their response is, well, yeah, that that's what happens. <laughs> you get a little older and you slow down and you prioritize different things. So that's that's in a nutshell how 2020 to now kind of has changed uh, how I approach everything and and have been able to put time into the infrastructure of a record label. So talk to me about this album. I, I have a, I have a feeling that we had even thought we'd even talked about this a long time ago that this album oh, yeah. had been, yeah. So this album had been a long time coming. So talk to me a little bit about kind of the timeline and how it feels to actually see this coming to fruition now in 2024. You bet. Yeah. The, uh, the, the album we're talking about is the Draper family band. And that is the band that my, that is my father and myself writing and recording and bringing in friends to, uh, the extended family, if you will. And we started playing together when I, you know, from my childhood, I, I was thumping my leg in the crib as a baby. I, I viv, I remember my family calling me Thumper, and I didn't really, I didn't really think much about it. <laughs> now that I'm older, it's like, oh wow, I was always keeping rhythm. Dad had a studio in the basement, so we were jamming. Second grade talent show, we played a song together where he played keyboards and I played drum set. So we've been playing together my whole life. Uh, this particular album, we started recording, um, I guess the, the, the track, there's a few tracks on here that literally started recording in 2012. So 12 years ago. And wow. there's one song on there that I wrote in 1996, uh, at 17 wow. years old. So, Writing and recording has been something I've done my whole life, seeing my dad do it and playing with him and going to studios. And this band was always just kind of, you know, we would get together and we would write and we would record stuff, but there was never, none of the songs were ever like totally, okay, this one's done. And then as we started getting some completely finished, it was like, well, maybe we should make this an album. But I kept putting it off because I didn't have all of the assets needed to fully honor the release of a record. So those assets meaning the all of the tracks compiled together that would be the album, the cover art, the stories that go with it, the press, the marketing, um, how am I going to, am I just going to post this to Facebook and 12 people listen to it? Or is it really going to reach people? So um, a good friend from many, many years ago that now is very successful in Los Angeles, he's the general manager of the Los Angeles office of Symphonic Distribution. His name is Oz McGuire, O-Z McGuire. Oz reached out and asked if I had anything to release. Um, he had worked for a company that was acquired by Universal Music Group and then Flit jumped into this other job as the vice president of A&R for 
um, symphonic, and he just asked if I had anything to release. And I said, Oz, I have 10 albums ready to release. I just haven't had the infrastructure to do it. And he said, well, I have the infrastructure. <laughs> so um, I started putting together a team uh, here in, in Kansas City and Lawrence area with uh, recent graduates of my music business program. Uh, kids, some folks that I really believe in that are just really incredible. And so now I have all cylinders firing for everything to come out. So uh, the, the, the album features Dad on Hammond organ and piano and Rhodes. He's a keyboard player. I'm actually playing drums, guitar, singing, bass on a few things, percussion, keyboards on a few things, and then a host of Kansas City um, jazz, pop, rock musicians on different things. So, And it's, uh, most people don't know this if they only know me as a jazz drummer, but in my teenage and early 20s, I played guitar and led a band that toured regionally and have been a songwriter forever. I just kind of put the guitar down for 10 or 15 years to focus on drums uh, after that. So this is kind of a return to to those roots, and that's why there's a song from my junior year, my junior year of high school <laughs> that will be on the record. So you had mentioned this album, and so you're going to have singles that are going to stagger until the release, and then you also mentioned that there's other material that's going to be coming out as well. Yeah, so the Draper Family Band record is Draper Family Band self-titled, um, and it will... It, there's 13 tracks that will be on the record. There's two bonus tracks that will be exclusive Bandcamp releases that don't go directly to all the DSPs, um, digital streaming platforms, the you know Spotify, iTunes, all that. So the Draper Family Band releases one song every two weeks, the first and third week of each month. So next week, February 2, and then the two weeks later is the second track. And so we got February, March, and April. Six singles come out every two, you know, every two weeks. There's a total of six. And then on May, uh, is it May 3rd, the Friday, the first Friday of May, the entire album is released. So that's the first album. Um, I have a record label looking up productions incorporated that that record label will is releasing the Draper family band album. But while this release cycle starts with Draper family band, there's a handful of other albums that are coming out. One of them is an album that was recorded in 2010 uh, with Brian Jordan, a guitarist that has played with James Brown, Erica Badu, um, Carl Dennison's Tiny Universe. He's a, a California-based guitarist. Uh, John Brewer, the piano and multi-instrumentalist I used to tour with, is also on it. So John, Brian, and I got together in a studio in 2010, recorded an album, never really did much with it. <clears throat> so that'll go out. It's kind of a world, eclectic, funky jam, uh, instrumental record with some some vocals um and then there's an album 
I made with Mitch Town, the Grammy-nominated Hammond organ artist from Omaha. And that is... There, there's, there may be two albums that come out of that session because there's a full album of jazz that is just organ, drums, jazz, uh, similar to Larry Young Unity uh, record that is Larry Young on Hammond organ and Elvin Jones on drums, so j- literally just two people on on a couple of the tracks of that album. But there'll be a jazz record, and then there's kind of a, a R&B smooth jazz selection of songs from that same record that would be categorized in a slightly different genre. Then I have a couple of meditation records that feature tabla and handpan. Uh, I am I, I frequently provide music for meditative experiences, yoga, prayer, um, meditation, uh, things, the winter and summer solstice. We, I've done quite a few meditations. So there's a couple of albums that are going to be in that genre that are just meditation things. I, I'm actually providing music with yoga at the Kaufman Center um, this spring. It's April, I believe. Um, so there's meditation, there's jazz, jam funk uh draper family band the record that is coming out it's it's already coming out and we have the second album almost finished so in the fall there will be a follow-up second album from that same artist and then on top of all that i have a, a handful of other things that were Drum Safari related, which is our children's program that my family does together. And we've created songs over the past 10 years to use for live shows, but we never had a platform to release them to get those into the children's market. And that's that's most of it um, that, that has to do with Brandon. On the other side of it is it's a record label that I run and I teach at the University of Kansas, and I run the music business program, and I'm on the advisory board for um, KJHK, the radio station. And so I'm const- I'm I'm constantly checking out the new bands of Lawrence, and there's a couple of bands right now. I'm in talks with uh, one band in particular. I can't announce anything right now, but there's one band I've already confirmed. I'm I'm going to produce a few singles for them and release on the label. So there's there's a handful of other artists that will be released on the label that I'm basically in the driver's seat as a producer. And I may play a few instruments in completing the the products, but it won't be necessary. It won't my name won't be as the artist. So by the end of the year, Joe, <laughs> there will probably be 10 or 15 different artists released on this label. And why it's important and and available to talk about and, and be really excited now is that 10 years ago, in 2014, the releasing of records was still a real challenge. 10 years before that... Um, 2004, 
we were still using the old model of producing physical product and iTunes was just a baby. So there, there weren't the streaming outlets. Now there's, it's, it's kind of solidified to where these records, all the, all the things that I'm putting out are going to go to over 50 digital streaming platforms. A few of the albums will be produced into physical product on vinyl at uh, quality record press in Salina, Kansas, one of the, the few vinyl press plants in America. That was a lot of an answer to your question. I hope yeah. it covered what you asked. Yeah, and you covered other kind of follow-up questions, but you, you really have given me kind of the architecture, the bone structure of this, and I'm just curious from a very visceral level with us getting ready to get into the warm season and obviously this deluge of material on your own label and yourself and the families coming out. How does it feel? How, is there a sense of relief? Is there a sense of validation, a sense of evolution? What's kind of the overwhelming tidal wave of feeling all of this music coming out? The, the overwhelming feeling is gratitude and thankfulness that comes because none of this would be possible without relationships. And as I'm getting this first release out, you know, speaking to you, we've, we've known each other for, for quite a while, working with Oz at Symphonic, we're talking with some of the different folks that are helping us to promote it. The, it it's almost like I'm, I'm cashing in all my chips. I'm playing all the, the cards for the folks that I have made relationships with over the years, but it, I'm not cashing in any chips. I'm, I'm furthering a relationship with folks I've been friends with forever. And so the thankfulness and gratitude comes from when someone reaches out, um, hey, Brandon, I saw you were doing that. What can I do to help? And it's like, oh, my gosh, wow, really? You, you're going to help us, you know, spread the word to this place? And um, there's a handful of things I, I, I haven't completely solidified and confirmed, but there, there are a few media companies on the East Coast and one in particular um, on the West Coast in Seattle that just reached out that asked how they can help promote it, and it's just – flattering, humbling. So that's the overall. At the minute level, the feeling is excitement and, and, and a very controlled, comfortable urgency that manifests in my morning routine. Rather than sleeping in and hitting a snooze button, I'm waking up these days before my alarm, before the sun. <laughs> I'm getting up you know, 6 a.m. sometimes, getting coffee and jumping on the computer. Sometimes actually, you know, email correspondence with folks, but this morning I got up and I just started writing uh, narrative into uh, a notebook to get a, a structure for how I can produce the stories and the press that will go with these things. So, there's a huge shift. The creation in the studio is done for most of these things. I've already, I've, and, and I've rejuvenated from the time doing that. Now 
the creative energy is, is like, Hey, I get to tell this story. You know, dad was invited to audition for the Rolling Stones in 1981. And I was a baby. I was two years old and he turned it down because he, he was worried that lifestyle could potentially lose him from a family. And he, he, uh, that, that's not, that's not an easy thing that he has lived with his whole life. That's, that's not an easy decision, but he's comfortable telling that story now. And that's one story that we get to tell each song has a story of how they came together. And so getting into the narrative and the storytelling, uh, to bring people into these songs is, is now kind of this, this other process. I just never had the bandwidth, uh, in previous years. One stop shop for everyone out there that wants to catch up with all of this material and everything that's going on with you, where's the best place to do that? The one stop shop is being built <laughs> right now. I, we, we built a website, uh, looking up productions, INC. So looking up productions, Inc dot com or is it dot org i just built it last week because of this i i have instagram and everything else that really the easiest thing is google search brandon draper and everything comes up um looking up productions incorporated is the the company that runs the label and is releasing everything but i will have everything available on instagram facebook um, literally just look up Draper Rama, D-R-A-P-E-R-A-M-A. That's my handle on all those accounts. And the website is like a week old. <laughs> so that's another bit that I'm, I'm building out to, to share all the links. That's still Perfect. happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And everybody can Google and find you and we'll make a link to the show notes. Brandon, it's so great to catch up with you and um, congratulations and best of luck as this new year unfolds. You're the best, Joe. Thank you so much for your support. I really, really can't tell you how much it, it, it means to me to have folks like you that support the community and care. <laughs> so thank yeah. you. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I love you guys. Thank you, Brandon. Best of luck. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in Lawrence. New Mexico, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Brandon for coming on back to Neon Jazz. It's been a while, but it's good. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.